don't try and be interesting just be interested and like that'll come through like I am so passionate and excited about delicious food and giving people really good experiences like I don't want people to waste their belly space on unsatisfying food that costs them $38 like I want you to go to the best place in town have the best food and feel what you just heard there friends was a snippet from Renee Buckingham and welcome to the Euphoria Health Podcast. Howdy there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Euphoria Health Podcast. For any new listeners out there, my name is Matt Sapala, and welcome on board. For anyone that may be joining in the conversation for the first time, firstly, welcome, and thank you so much for joining in the show But where have you been for the past 99 episodes? I'm only joking. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Secondly, just a little bit of background about myself. I'm a qualified personal trainer and I'm currently studying a Bachelor of Health Science majoring in nutrition. I'm extremely passionate about holistic health, longevity and sustainability. Through this platform, I aim to add value to your life by educating and inspiring you on ways to create healthful habits each and every day. I want these habits to add years to your life. Therefore, I don't want to be your quick fix. I don't want to promote any quick fixes. I want to be your only fix. What a time to be alive. It's summer down here in Australia. The sun is shining. We can drink coffee out of ceramic cups at a cafe. And most of all, we're unlocked. To celebrate the easing of restrictions and some quote-unquote normality back through our days, I wanted to share this incredible episode I recorded with Renee Buckingham. For anyone that doesn't know who Renee is, she is one of the incredible people behind the scenes of Melbourne Vegan Guide, Sydney Vegan Guide, among other vegan guides globally. For anyone that haven't heard of these pages before, what have you been doing? Only joking, these uh, pages are incredible. They're your guide to vegan food in each city. From navigating your way around eating out at restaurants and cafes to product reviews and even a Sunday segment called Spill the Beans, Renee and the team are doing incredible work. I was fortunate enough to sit down with Renee and unpack her life as a content creator, radio producer and vegan connoisseur. We spoke about tips and tricks for content creators out there. We also spoke about navigating your way around a plant-based lifestyle. And most of all, how to embrace your job as a content creator slash influencer and know your worth. This one was an absolute pleasure and I was so grateful to sit down with the woman who played a huge part in my plant-based transition and the lady behind the vegan guides we all know and love. I hope you enjoy the show, folks, and I'll see you on the other side. Renee Buckingham, welcome to the Euphoria Health Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. It's awesome to have you on the show. I have been following your content religiously for about five years now I've absolutely loved the food inspiration that you're sharing with us and you're you're doing wonders for the vegan community so firstly thank you so much oh you are so welcome it's um yeah when you say five years I'm like wow it's been that long <laughs> um but yeah glad to hear that people are enjoying it crazy ride you are the face behind the Instagram profiles Melbourne and Sydney vegan guide 
correct me if I'm wrong, you've got the New York and the UK vegan guide as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So at the moment we have New York, London, LA, Canberra, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, and I and Newcastle now as well. We just got Newcastle. <laughs> Taking so over the globe. Slowly growing. Yeah, that's it. I love it. Now, I'd love to dive into that a little bit later on, but talk to us a little bit about what life was like for Renee Buckingham growing up. Gosh, um, I grew up in a single parent household, me and my two older siblings, um, very much into like musical theatre and acting uh, in Newcastle, which for those that don't know, it's near Sydney. Um, loved growing up there. Such a great experience. My dad lived overseas like my whole life. So I got to travel a lot as well, which I loved. Um, but yeah, spent all my spare time um, acting, performing, musical theatre, singing, drama. So yeah, very heavily involved in all of that. Um, and then, yeah, after school, I went to performing arts high school for drama and then thought I maybe wanted to be like an actor, but ended up um, moving to Sydney to study media and journalism. Amazing. And did you ever think back then that you'd be on the journey you are at the moment in terms of the food content creation? And obviously you're heavily immersed in the media scene, but did you think it would be centered around food? Absolutely not. Like I always loved food. I was such a foodie, like um, because my mom worked so much, I was cooking since I was like 10 years old. And in my house, like if you cooked, you didn't have to clean up. So I was always <laughs> like, yeah, I'll cook, I'll cook. Cause I hated cleaning. Um, so yeah, I always put my hand up to cook. And I reckon since I was about 10, I started cooking, but never did I think ever that I would have a career path in food or food content or media content. It just was something I did because I enjoyed and also um, meant I didn't have to eat mum's bad cooking and also got to cook what I enjoyed. <laughs> it's almost like an unwritten rule. You you cook dinner so you don't clean up or vice versa. You wash your dishes if you don't cook dinner. Yeah. It. It's so interesting because um, growing up, like, you know, all parents, all my mum and sister was like, eat your vegetables, eat your vegetables. And I used to have like a um, tea towel on my lap and I'd throw my veggies in there and wrap it up and like then go and throw them in the bin and like just eat your schnitzel or like your shepherd's pie or whatever it was. Um, and now as an adult, I all I like want to do is eat my veggies. And now my mum's like, you need to eat meat. Like you should eat meat. It's like, oh God, how the times change. <laughs> It is actually so funny. Everyone that I speak to, or not everyone, but a lot of the population that I speak to regarding their sort of quote-unquote plant-based journey, it always started with giving the dog their veggies and just eating the main main part of the plate. And then now it's sort yes. of completely reversed. It's like your whole diet is centered around fruits and veggies. It's amazing. Literally, I love it. So when did you become immersed in this sort of plant-based vegan realm? Um, my mom was cooking, you know, like a lot of like lamb shanks and things she loved. And it was kind of a way for me to like get out of eating that because I was really picky when I ate meat. It was like chicken schnitzels or mints only. Um, I never really liked the concept of eating anything off the bone. So I was really picky. So I was like, I'll go vegetarian. And then my mom was like, cool, you can do that, but uh, I'm not cooking for you. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll like start a vegan food page. Uh, sorry, vegetarian food page, like just kind of recipes. And, you know, at the time I was cooking very basic vegetarian stuff and thought I was like, so cool. So trendy. Like it was so yummy. Um, and then, yeah, maybe two years later, I, um, posted like a keep calm and go vegetarian on my Instagram page. And, 
um, someone was like, you should try vegan. Like, have you tried vegan? And I was like, mm, no, I could never get white chocolate. Like, no thanks. I was looking at boost juice. Like I was drinking so many mango magics, like with so much dairy in it and probably not feeling great. So I was like, fine. I'll do a month. Like I really admired this blogger that commented on my page. Like she was so cool. And I was like, okay, I'll do a month and see how I go. <laughs> um, so I was, yeah, I think 19 at the time and then did a month of being vegan. And I just like never looked back. I used to love the, um, the King William chocolate. I think the boost smoothie oh, from that. I was God. completely addicted to that. So good. You can actually get a vegan version on soy milk and sorbet. It's delicious. Can you really? I haven't had boost in ages, yeah. so that's um that's a game changer. All I'm gonna sugar. have to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have a, they have vegan options now as well with like vegan protein as well, which is really cool. But like, took your time. Where were you when I was there? Oh, I know, right? I'm actually like super picky about my smoothies, so I have to like make them my way. Like, load up a zucchini, spinach, alfalfa, yes. like all of these veggies in there now. It's like. When I, when I explain to my personal training clients about a, a smoothie recipe that I have, they just like scrunch up their face. So like vegetables are made for dinner, not for breakfast. <laughs> oh my gosh. Literally. Like if I go to a bushes now and order, I'm like, can I get this without this, add this, take this out and I'll add that. Like, and they're just like, um, then I'm always like, I used to work here. Sorry. Like no one can smoothie like I can, but I'm the same. <laughs> I don't even pay for smoothies now. Cause I'm like, nah, you're not going to do it like I can. So <laughs> no one can smoothie like I, I can. I absolutely love that. <laughs> Renee, I'm interested to see how this sort of transition, this career path transition for you, like you obviously started the vegetarian food page and then you transitioned to a, a completely vegan diet. What made, what was the catalyst for you like progressing the, the food page into something that is now profitable? Yeah. So at the time I was living in Newcastle, I had no Newcastle vegan friends. Like I really love sharing food. Like for me, it's like an experience, a conversation. So I reached out to um, someone that ran a Newcastle vegan guide and was like, Hey, like, would you want to do a picnic with me? Like, I don't really know you, but like, like I'd love to meet you and like make some friends. And she was like, yeah, like we had, went and had dinner and she was like, absolutely, let's do it. And then about six months later, I moved to Sydney and was like, Oh, I wish I was like a Sydney vegan guide. And she was like, you could just start it. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, just do it. And I was like, okay. Like I'll just, I was interested to know where to eat vegan in Sydney. So I just started it and literally, yeah, I think naturally as veganism grew, the page just kind of took off and um, yeah, I was stoked. Like the first time I ever got invited for a free meal, I was like, I've made it. Like, this is so cool. Like never thought about like, this could be a business. Never thought about like the money. Like I just did it. Cause I was wholeheartedly like passionate and interested about like where you could eat vegan food. And then yeah, years later, I'm obviously now based in Melbourne. So yeah, can realize you could run these pages from afar and um, yeah, or amazingly make money from it as well. It's incredible. Like often social media nowadays gets a, a little bit of a bad rap in terms of like the negative associations with it. But I think it's a, and Gary Vaynerchuk says this extremely well. He says like social media is such an incredible platform that we've got. We can make money from sitting in a, like behind our computer. We can connect with people that we never would have had conversations before. Like I see it as such an incredible resource that can allow us to do these, these amazing things. And it's evident with the things that you're doing as well. Yeah. Like on that, I honestly have met some of the best people, like some of the best people in my life, some of the best brands and the best relationships, networking, like it's all come through social media. Like I have nothing but positive things to say about social media. And I'm so grateful, especially in a time like now when most of us are in lockdown, like that really is where we're connecting and relating. And um, yeah, I love it. 
Yeah, definitely. It's the the string that's keeping us all together at the moment. I love how yeah. you're I love how you're using the or when you initially started the the vegan pages that you were using using the education side of things for yourself as much as content creation for other people. And I think like looking back, reflecting now, you can really see that there is a deep passion for that. And it's so authentic when you know, you're, you're looking through the pages, you can see there's so much love created in the food, even the way that you the design the contact, it's really a passion project. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think I always say this and people that have probably listened to podcasts from me before are like, okay, Renee, we get it. But I, like, I say like, don't try and be interesting, just be interested. And like, that'll come through. Like I am so passionate and excited about delicious food and giving people really good experiences like I don't want people to waste their belly space on unsatisfying food that costs them $38 like I want you to go to the best place in town have the best food and feel absolutely awesome after it yeah that is that is so amazing I'd love to unpack the life of a content creator a little bit just for people at home that are sitting there they may be wondering how they can sort of um, incentivize their food blogging page and how that they, they can sort of create a, a business from this. So what, what is life like for a content creator? Gosh, it's like never, the, the days are never the same. Um, I think it looks really glamorous and if it does look great and fun and amazing, then that's awesome. It means we're doing our jobs right. But for me, like we're not really an individual influencer, we're a brand. So I actually have a team, there's uh, four of us at the moment um, that, you know, we all look after different things. I oversee things. A lot of what we do is boring, like briefs and pitching to clients, like clients will come in wanting to work with us. They don't know how, they don't know like how much we charge. Like, so a lot of it's just proving your worth and negotiating. And then um, the fun part of it is obviously creating the content. But even then, like, you know, you need like a hand model, you need like, sometimes I'm standing on chairs to get the content, like hilarious behind the scenes moments that no one sees, like to get that bird's eye view. How do you think I got it? I stood on a chair at a cafe for 20 minutes. Um, (laughs) And at first, like, you know, I had a lot of like, uncomfortability with it and I was like shameful um but yeah like I think in terms of life as a content creator you never stop like you actually never switch off like my only day off every year is maybe Christmas but even then like when you're a content creator and you are so passionate about it everything you everything you see and do is content right like I'll be at a park and like this is beautiful like image that I could post I don't know for a reel or something so you don't ever switch off uh And I think people think it's so glamorous and, oh my God, you get free food. What a tough life. But it's like, no, it's actually really hard. Like it is a lot of work. I'm always on, um, you know, I'm always doing emails. Yesterday I worked a 16 hour day, like from 4.30 AM to 9 PM, like nonstop. Like it really is nonstop and it's fun and it's amazing, but it is hard, hard work. Absolutely. And I guess the old cliche saying, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. But there is elements that are always super, super challenging and um, it's not so glamorous as in every job. How did you go back in the day when you were obviously just starting out or even now when you're at a cafe, obviously not now in the current climate at a cafe, but standing on a chair, getting looks from other people and and then finally going into eating your meal and it's cold. How did that sit with you? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like the first time I got invited to a Contra, which is like they invite you in in exchange for promotion so there's no payment involved I was like I'm sitting with Zamata reviewers like I'm on top of the world like I'm so cool my friends here I went home drunk I was like oh god like I've had the best night um you know there's always like the uncomfortability and the shame in it like people staring what are you doing like 
um, you know, why she got a camera out, like, oh my God, just eat your food. Like a lot of old men have been like, what are you doing? Like, just eat your food. It's going to go cold. Like, but once you get in the mindset, like this is a job, like I would never question a doctor or I would never question someone at a checkout the way they like press the buttons. That's their job. Like you actually have to get in the mindset of like, in order to beat the shame and the awkwardness and the uncomfortability, this is my job. And like, I need to trust that I'm valuable to this business. Like I'm just marketing the same way a photographer is marketing, you know, in a magazine. So getting in that mindset is like, absolutely transformative in terms of like owning your content I think um and yeah like I also just have fun with it now people ask me like what are you doing I'm like oh I'm just like getting content and if I see someone else taking photos in the street of their friends or like of their food I'm like heck yes girl like you get it like I love seeing people in their element and like when I travel to America and New York and LA everyone's out there doing this and it's like it's really empowering and uplifting so I think just faking it as well. Like I'm even if I'm feeling uncomfortable and awkward about, you know, going to a restaurant and getting the content, I'm always like, nah, you're fine. You got this. You got this. I love it. And owning it. It's so true. Like you you've yeah. got to be able to to trust the 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 business that you've created from that and be able to like go to your workplace, if that makes sense. Yeah, like you are the expert in your field. And I would never question someone that's an expert scientist. Like I just well, that's your field. Like, okay, cool. So I think even if you're not feeling confident, act confident and no one will question you. I love it. And for anyone out there that is looking at food bloggers when they're at a cafe and they're standing on a chair, maybe don't give them the greasy look and, and be inquisitive, ask them what they're doing, yeah, where their page absolutely. is. I think that's so much greatly appreciated than, than the greasy look. Totally. I, I'm so with you. And, you know, I have a lot of people message me like, I just saw you at, I saw you at a cafe. I saw you at a restaurant. Like I was too awkward to say, Hey, like, please don't put anyone that content creates on a pedestal. Like we're literally just humans. And like, we actually don't know the impact our work has. We don't know who sees it because, you know, we're not having these conversations or seeing people face to face. So if you see someone doing something and you follow their page or you like them, I'm sure they would appreciate you saying so. I think that's a great segue into the next element that I wanted to talk about. And that's like developing personal connection and building relationships in a physical and a digital space. Like obviously as humans, we, we need that human interaction. We need that physical connection. How do you maintain that in a digital space? It's so interesting because at first I made the decision to never put my face on the page. It was never about me. It was all about the food. We always spoke in the way. There was no I, um, you know, people would be like, oh, hey guys, like, can we send you some product? I'm like, yes, you can send all of us some product. Like it was just me. Um, but I think because I said we, people trusted the way more than the I, which was really interesting at first. And then, you know, as I realized that veganism was more than just food, I wanted to branch out of that. So yeah, I started introducing my face to the brand, um, which at first was a bit odd and I'm sure people weren't necessarily used to it um, but once you did you realize that people relate to people like people have connection to faces and conversations and I never get on my Instagrams completely doled up and dressed up like I just try and be as real and honest as I can and yeah I think lockdown I actually have to thank for like the relationship I have with my audience especially on Melbourne Vegan Guide obviously I'm based here and it's something that we're all looking online to relate and connect and yeah putting my face on there and 
having those relationships has been transformative. And now on a Sunday, I have spilled the beans segment, which is people can spill their secrets. And on Thursdays, we have unpopular opinions on Sydney. So just like humanizing, having a laugh and uh, yeah, putting our face to the brand has really helped create that relationship. And like, I love my followers. Like, yeah, they are, I get such lovely feedback and I'm so grateful for like each and every single one of them. And, you know, on days where I feel really flat, I'm just like, okay, you know what, like if you helped one person find a good meal today, like remember that. Yeah, I love that Spill the Bean segment. By the way, it's so, <laughs> it's awesome hearing so that. So juicy. Yeah, it, it's unfiltered. I love it, guys. If you if you haven't heard of it before, definitely jump on the Moa V God page on a Sunday. It's, um, Sundays, it's quite spicy. Yeah. It goes from zero <laughs> to 100 really fast. I'm not sure when this episode is going to come out, but a little very exclusive secret. We have something coming, um, launching as an extension of Spill the Beans very soon. So there we go. This is probably about six weeks off. It's probably about six weeks off. Hey, that could be perfect timing. (laughs) I'll just edit it out. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. So good. Renee, I want to backtrack a little bit about what you were talking about before when you were utilizing every moment as content. And often these days we, we speak about like mindfulness and presence and how do we like live in the moment? How do you find that, juggling the idea of everything is content and actually sitting there and and like being present and living in the moment or do you merge the two together and and live in the moment while you're doing it it's so hard like I love feedback and I always want to be given feedback like not just good feedback like I'm talking about it with my friends you know if I'm not being present like I want to know that and I've had friends like say to me like you aren't being present you're not here like you're or if you are here you're like not really in the moment or you're tired or you're not speaking because you're so exhausted and like that's not who I am it's so hard like the reality is I always I'm like I'm probably addicted to my phone like yes it's work but also I am my own boss a lot of the time so like I could just switch off but but also being a visual consumer like I just love the beauty of like food and the aesthetic of like life and um, you know landscape so I naturally want to capture that content but I for me to physically be off my phone and be present, I need to like vocalize to people. I'm going to put this on charge over here and I'm going to plug it in and I'm not going to touch it. Like I actually have to put boundaries in place for myself to do it. Like, otherwise I just can't switch off. And a lot of the time when I, my phone is in the corner over there, I'm still thinking about the content. Like I wish I could get a photo of this, wish I could video this, but like, no. So you actually, for me, like I actually have to schedule time in um, and I'm really trying to work on it, especially when I'm around friends, because they're flagged that it's like an issue and I don't want to, I, that's not who I want to be. So it's hard. Yeah, definitely. I think like that's one of the biggest challenges we're facing as a humanity now, like long before COVID even happened, we sort of had this disconnect anyway, where we, we'd be sitting across having coffee with someone and we're both scrolling through the Instagram feed. Like there's yes. got to be some self boundaries. Yeah. Like I'm the first to like look at a couple on a breakfast day and it's like oh they're just both sitting on their phones like or even the kids like oh you know the kids like just on ipads like but then i'm sure people look at me when i'm at a cafe and like she's just on her phone <laughs> so you never know what people are doing on there but yeah i think it's um we actually have to like vocalize hey guys can we have a no phones policy like in in this generation because we are all addicted. Even going for walks, how often do we like look up? We don't. Like I yeah. probably don't know the architecture around my house because I'm always in my phone. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, me and my girlfriend have started introducing like a, a no phones policy while we're watching movies and stuff like that because 
Um, all, all of my content is a lot online, especially in this day and age, mm. doing some online personal training and, and obviously being addicted to like Instagram and, and visual content, much like yourself. It's, it's refreshing to see that like there's boundaries put in place where, you know, you're allocating time where you're not on social media, you're not on your phone and it's deep in that connection for sure. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. I love them. Now, Renee, I was listening to a podcast yesterday with you and your brother regarding diversifying platforms and talking about the one hiccup you had with Instagram where you were you accidentally gave your password out to, to someone. I'd love <laughs> I'd love for you to explain this story for the listeners at home. Oh my gosh. It was the most unmindful thing I've ever done. I would love to get the blue tick one day. You know, there's a lot of vegan guides popping up and that's fine, but I also would like to be the official vegan guides. Um, and so someone, obviously a scam account had damned me on Sydney vegan guide being like, Oh, you've got the blue tick, just enter your password here. And like, it'll refresh with the blue tick. And I was like, <laughs> so I was in lockdown, like 7am, like so, so excited like yeah just entered my password never give your password to anyone that's not an official like site and also you have to apply for the blue tick you don't just get some random dm in you about it so i did it and then straight away i was like oh my god all my my display picture's gone oh my god my bio's gone oh my gosh it's like the feed's about to go thankfully i was living with my housemate at the time that works in tech and literally like hacked this person back changed my password and then I was like, oh my God, this is the password to all of my accounts. Like quick go. It was like, and within seconds, I almost lost like my revenue for the year, my whole business, my brand. Like I wouldn't have been able to get that back. Like that's my fault. So yeah, another example of a very unmindful, dumb learning lesson. That's so crazy. And I know personally for me, like I've started looking into diversifying platforms and how Instagram can just literally switch off overnight and that's a lot of people's businesses and a lot of people's incomes. Yeah. Like I'm the same, like exact same. Like I just love Instagram. And I'm like, if I, if that shut down tomorrow, what would my brand be? What else could I offer? So yeah, really important to pose those questions to yourself. Definitely. What's your advice in relation to diversifying platforms? Obviously there's always trends that come up with new, you know, like TikTok's in at the moment. I think before that was like, um, uh, telegram or something like that there's all these different platforms mm. that come up but none of them have quite sort of cornered the market like instagram has what what's your advice for someone that's in the content creating space and and wanting to diversify their platforms yeah so i actually am learning a lot of this myself on my own podcast but tiktok is the future and so many of us don't want to get on it i'm hesitant i'm like it's too hard like I, it's, there's too much effort the videos seem too tricky it's not like it really is easy and it's like an entertainment platform you know instead of sitting down to watch tv or youtube people are sitting down to watch tiktok like there's huge money on there there's huge access to like going viral overnight like it is a bit of a rat race. Once you're on there, you kind of have to keep up in order to keep that brand. But I think TikTok is the future and you can see it now, like Instagram's becoming, you know, it's got reels and all the other things. Um, So I think, yeah, definitely, definitely TikTok is the future. It's so, so interesting. I'm like, I've heard so much about the TikTok holes that you can get into. Like you, you open TikTok once and you end up like it's Instagram on steroids. <laughs> you end yes, up in a 30 literally. minute TikTok hole. So I'm a bit cautious to get on it, but I think I might have to jump on the trend. Absolutely. Me too. <laughs> now, Renee, I'm super interested how you manage to, obviously you're working some crazy hours and working in a digital space, there's no sort of set nine to five routine. 
how do you manage the the balance between work and switch off and what do you do when you're when you're not working I am always working which is the reality <laughs> I knew um, you'd say that <laughs> So at the moment I work, I produce breakfast radio. So I wake up at like quarter to four every day and it's now two o'clock and I've been at the radio station since 4.30 and I'll leave here at four and then I'll go home, like go for a big walk or like do some exercise and then, um, yeah, work again until probably eight o'clock and then go to bed and do the same thing. And I hate that like my whole life is I'm so busy, I'm working, but I'm also so grateful to have work right now and also just riding the wave of the opportunities that are coming my way outside of work like I I really am trying to get back into like um like the creative side that I enjoy like started playing guitar again which I haven't played in years uh I've started journaling my brother bought me a journal for my birthday and like once a day I'm writing down everything I'm grateful for I love exercise and like not in a way that's like it obsession like it's just a non-negotiable like every single day I will exercise like I love it like I love being challenged ran my first half marathon last week which like was so cool and like I'm just really interested I guess in how the body moves but most like most importantly like I just love people like I love entertaining like I miss having dinner parties I miss board game nights with friends like I love going out and exploring and traveling so yeah outside of work they're all the things I love to do um but I also love my work like love my jobs like across all of what I do I love it so that's probably why it's hard, so hard to put it down yeah definitely firstly congratulations on the half marathon that's um that's thank tough. you I'm training for a full marathon at the moment and like oh my gosh <laughs> exhausting but yeah no I definitely definitely love that running running realm too oh, I am not a runner like I literally only came to running last year in lockdown and I ran 10 kilometers my birthday this year. And I was like, this, I peaked. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. Like I'm done here. And then <laughs> and, um, a company reached out to me. I'm like, Hey, do you want to do this charity round? We'll send you some clothes like Lululemon to wear in the run. And I was like, I'll just do the 10 K. And then I eventually said, I'll do the half marathon with a two week period leading up to it. So I had two weeks to train for it and I did it. And I like felt amazing. Um, oh. Yeah. Like, it's just, I'm so fascinated in how, much of it, like it's just a mental game like it really is Absolutely. it's really cool Absolutely. everyone should do a half marathon I challenge you all <laughs> once you can tap into the mindset and like break it up into segments like just the next pole just the next car like you get into a groove and you find this quote-unquote flow state that you you just use it as meditation it's awesome literally I was running being like Renee how cool is your body your body is amazing look at you go like I was just like literally having internal dialogue with myself like until I got to the last bit once I got there I was like oh, I could probably go a little bit further <laughs> <laughs> might so see it the marathon next year or something <laughs> <laughs> absolutely Renee this has been awesome getting an insight into the life behind the screen for a digital content creator I've got a few rapid fire questions to um yeah. to finish off with so the first thing that comes to your mind when when I say this, if you could have one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh my gosh, a big falafel plate with salads. Like I love falafels, like delicious, like Buddha bowl style falafel bowl all the way. Yeah, so good. If you could have the opportunity to put one book in every school or every household, what would it be? It would have to be Simon Hill's most recent book, The Proof is in the Plants. 
um, or something around sexuality um, for children to understand that there is more than just straight people that exist in the world as well. Lovely. I don't know what that book would be called, but (laughs) everyone should read The Proof of the Plants. Game changer. Yeah, Simon's a guru. He's like been one of the biggest contributors to my plant-based journey and uh, doing a podcast with him a few weeks back I was like fangirling across the other side I was like far out man you're amazing (laughs) he's the best yeah I did um his journey retreats like plant proof um retreat this year like a week of just plant-based eating nutrition and fitness and it was like buzzing it was the best yeah such a nice guy absolutely um, I guess because you're Melbourne based, I'd love to know. Well, the question was favorite cafe ever, but let's just narrow it down to Melbourne. What's your favorite cafe in Melbourne? Okay, past, past or present? I am actually like really like it's more than just the food for me. Like it has to have a good vibe. Like staff, I need to like be able to have a conversation with the staff. Like I want to chat to the barista. Like I want to know the story. Um, and in saying that, like there's some really great places, like so many good places in Melbourne, but I think conscious cravings it's like all vegan um the lady that started it she started it because um her daughter like committed suicide which is obviously quite intense but she believed that like you know you could heal happiness with like the mind and the gut so it's all plant-based um like format friendly delicious by the beach with these beautiful swings uh and it's like at the moment I can only travel 15 kilometers I'm like it is the first place I'm going when I can um and I could sit there for three hours like it's the best conscious cravings in Mordialic check it out I've never been there I've never even heard of it but that sounds incredible (laughs) when lockdown there you go yes what is a fact about you that no one knows? Mm, I'm such an open book. Like I really am so open about everything, but probably a really random one is I was born with three thumbs. Um, you can't like, you probably couldn't Whoa. tell now. So like they're different shapes, one's bigger, one's smaller, but I had like a third little thumb coming out here yeah, and right. it got chopped off when I was born. But it's always like everyone's like, "What? That's so weird, a bit gross." Like, do you have the thumb still? I'm like, no, 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 it's long gone. But yeah, it's um, my mum had it, so I reckon if I have kids one day, it might be something that they get as well. Lucky them, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Wow, I'm blown away. That's incredible. And last one to finish off. Why do you dedicate so much time to the things you do? This is pretty obvious, but why do you? What's your main message, Renee? <sighs> the vegan guides i am on a mission to make veganism or plant-based living more accessible and approachable around the world but on a personal note i am so passionate about giving people better experiences like working in radio you know we make people's day working in vegan guides i want people to like feel nourished and enjoy their food and uh yeah the podcast i want people to feel empowered like for me like I am, you can live the best life you want to live. And if I could help one person along the way, like that is my mission. That is what I'm here to do. And like, just have fun. Like I love, like life is so great. It can be so hard as well, but that's all part of it. So better experiences and more plants. That's my mission. (laughs) Beautifully said. Touching on the podcast, it has been the most rewarding experience that I've ever done. Like this is, it's such an incredible realm connecting with people like yourself who never met before, but here we are having a conversation like about things more uh, deeper than, hey, how are you going? And like connecting with people around the globe. It's, It's incredible. It's so rewarding. I love it. Oh, and thank you for doing what you're doing as well. Education is so important. And I think, you know, partly why I like did that half marathon, I was like, (laughs) 
I don't think the vegans can do it. <laughs> Watch me. So yeah, your work is really important as well. So thank you too. Thank you so much. Thriving on plants, yeah. eh? Yes, that's it. What an absolute pleasure that was. Renee, thank you so much for allocating some time and sharing your journey with us all. I know my content creator friends out there would have gained so much out of this episode and it's so insightful to hear about your journey and hear about the steps that you've taken to get to where you are today. For anyone out there that is plant curious or inspired a little bit by this podcast, don't hesitate to message Renee or myself and we'd love to help out in any way possible. It's fastly approaching Christmas in 2021. Wow, it feels weird to even say that now, being December. But firstly, I'd just like to say thank you so much for all of your support this year, guys. It's been a testing year, two years, however long it's been, but to come in weekly and fortnightly for the past few weeks and release episodes adding value to your life has been rewarding and it's been the thing that has helped me tick along so I'm really excited for what 2022 has to bring also really excited to release 100 episode or my 100th episode next week which has been such a milestone and a really rewarding experience this podcast has been incredible so i thank you again i hope that you have a fantastic day week wherever you are in the world continue thriving and let's fill our plates with more plants bye for now